Welcome to The Cove's audio articles, where you can listen to some of The Cove's best articles rather than read them. This article is entitled The Future of Cyber Conflict by Aaron Wright. Introduction In the future portrayed by the hit 1995 Japanese animated film Ghost in the Shell, Hackers alter the memories of a man via an installed connection to the internet, causing him to embark on a violent rampage until he's brought under control by an elite team of anti-cyber specialists. While digitally controlling humans remains science fiction, cyberspace is becoming ever more entwined with what older generations would call the real world. As systems and organisations become more digitally evolved, so do they become more vulnerable to cyber threats. While mind control is not a reality yet, the ability of digital to affect the real is already a reality. Over 10 years ago, the malware Stuxnet was released. It wreaked havoc within Iran's Natanz nuclear enrichment facility, causing significant physical damage and project delays. Sun Tzu remarks in The Art of War that the art of war is of vital importance to the state. It is a matter of life and death, a road either to safety or to ruin. Hence, it is a subject of inquiry which can on no account be neglected. Cyberspace has often been described as the fifth combat war zone, along with air, land, sea and space. But despite these bold assertions, there is little consensus amongst governments and militaries as to what cyber warfare is, both tangibly and legally. Nevertheless, governments have continually expressed the importance of cyber dedicating vast funds to the establishment of cyber commands and capabilities. The future of cyber warfare will be determined by two things, the mindset policies and strategies and the technologies or tools. You can give two combatants a katana, but in 50 years they will develop very different fighting styles. It is crucial, then, to understand the policies-slash-mindsets of governments as they are the prism that future actions will be taken through. Once this is known, we can look at the types of upcoming cyber swords. Policies The United States of America The United States is the sole remaining world superpower and thus the benchmark for world competitiveness. It has long been an advocate for an effects-based approach to cyber warfare, i.e. the means via which that effect is produced. Cyber or kinetic is irrelevant. It is the effect that is desired that is important. Official US cyber policy is contained within the umbrella of deterrence, this approach being first detailed in the 2011 White House policy titled International Strategy for Cyberspace and reiterated again in 2015 Department of Defense Policies. The US defines deterrence as the prevention of action by the existence of a credible threat of unacceptable counteraction. Thus, 
U.S. cyber primarily exists so that adversaries will be too afraid to act for fear of retaliation. U.S. policy has evolved in the shadow of specific terrorist and espionage events, leading to the domination of the field by the Department of Defense and the militarization of U.S. cyber policy over the last two decades. Hence, policies to counter specific threats and support specific military operations has become the norm. The U.S. status as leader of the free world also means that it generally aligns its doctrine with the principles of proportionate response and international laws applying to the use of cyberspace. Two examples exemplify U.S. effects doctrine, Sutter and Stuxnet. In 2006, the Sutter Offensive Computer Program, designed by the U.S. Air Force, was used by Israeli fighter planes to infect, confuse and render useless the Syrian air defence networks around Deir Ezzor nuclear facility as part of Operation Orchard. In 2011, Stuxnet, a highly targeted malware program, was used to autonomously infect the programmable logic controllers within the Iranian Natanz nuclear enrichment, delaying the project by approximately four years. Both Sutter and Stuxnet are designed from a military perspective to achieve an effect without collateral damage, the hallmarks of US cyber policy. Despite this expertise, there are fears amongst modern commentators that the US will fall behind strategic rivals in the cybersphere. From a technological perspective, the US continues to be at the very forefront of development and implementation thanks to vast budgets and a world-leading private sector, although the gap is closing. Stuxnet, though, 10 years old now, was unprecedented in its sophistication and elegance, and a non-US cyber weapon of similar pedigree has yet to be unveiled. With continued investments such as the establishment of dedicated cyber research units like the Army Cyber Institute at the United States Military Academy, it is reasonable to assume the US will maintain a healthy technical edge moving into the future. From a strategic perspective, US dominance remains less certain. Decades of focus on tactical effects has left America with a tunnel vision that is already being exploited by the information warfare doctrines of other powers, such as the Russian cyber interference in the 2016 presidential election. Furthermore, some have noted a general disinterest or disdain for analysing and learning from the doctrines of adversaries. Recent US policy, however, is moving to a more proactive footing, as evidenced in the Trump administration's 2018 White House National Cyber Strategy, of which a key theme is to advance American influence in the future. This could indicate that America intends to pivot from purely tactical effects into a more aggressive information operations approach. To what extent US cyber policy will progress towards information warfare remains to be seen. 
Russian Federation. Russian and US perspectives on the use of cyberspace for warfare and conflict differ significantly. Contrary to the US's haphazard and multi-departmental approach, Russia nestles tactical effects within the umbrella of information operations, a focus championed by former general of Russia's army forces, Valery Gerasimov. Russia's contemporary literature does not even use the terms cyber or kyber or cyber warfare, kyberovnia, except where referencing Western doctrine, instead using the term information warfare. Informatsanya when discussing cyber effects. As terrorism influenced America's cyber policies, Russia's legacy is inherited from the USSR and the economic and territorial disputes arising from its collapse. The current political climate is one of standing in opposition to the West, continuing the Leninist doctrine of an endless war for existence. This, combined with a more unstable geopolitical situation compared to the US, has resulted two key tenets of Russian cyber warfare, a proactive focus on offence and belief in cyber sovereignty instead of a free worldwide cyberspace. The Informatsanya approach consists of two pillars – informational, technological, and informational, psychological. The former is characterised by attacks ranging from influencing operations via website defacements to deployment of malware against enemy networks. The latter could be characterised by the use of botnets and fake accounts on social media to create a general disillusionment with the authenticity of online news and information. While US doctrine sees cyber threats as things like malicious code and hacking, Russian cyber analysts additionally see information content itself as a potential cyber threat. Thus, the Russian view of what constitutes wartime and peacetime cyber operations differs from that of the West. Russian willingness to conduct offensive informational psychological operations was on display in the 2016 US presidential election, where a cyber campaign allegedly sanctioned by President Vladimir Putin, was conducted in order to disrupt and discredit the election process, damaging the integrity and reliability of American democracy. This consisted of the alleged hacking of DNC email servers and prolonged social media fake news campaign to damage the electability of Hillary Clinton. This sort of cyber action is nothing new to Russian cyber policy, as the FBI Assistant Director for Counterintelligence Edward Prystap stated before the US Senate, they probe a lot of things of critical importance to this country. What does this mean for the future of cyber warfare? Given its success, Informationia will likely remain preeminent perhaps becoming an even greater focus on offensive operations. 
Russia will also continue to leverage the difficulty in cyber attack attribution through the use of third parties, such as corporations and criminal syndicates. A continued research and development into tactical effect capability, such as those demonstrated in Estonia, Georgia and the Ukraine, for use in conventional warfighting operations seems likely. If the election of President Trump was an objective, informational psychological goals seem to also be a success, with American faith in institutions and news at an all-time low. Russia will likely leverage new technologies to continue cyber information dominance via social media manipulation and direct malware-slash-hacking attempts. People's Republic of China China is considered one of the more notorious cyber warfare participants, always on the lookout to make others feel its influence and power. Like Russia, the People's Liberation Army, PLA, conceptualises cyber conflicts under the aegis of information operations. China, too, has an endless war mindset, likely a joint inheritance from Cold War communist beginnings, not distinguishing between peacetime and wartime cyber operations. China's heavy focus on information is most evident in the Great Firewall of China, a permanent digital construct designed to prevent the free flow of information between Chinese citizens and the Western world. In contrast to the West, China views digital sovereignty as no different to territorial sovereignty, and this has shaped their defensive and offensive cyber ethos. The above philosophies are summarised in the suspected PLA doctrine of unrestricted warfare. The term first appeared in a book authored by senior PLA generals, Kiao Liang and Wang Songsui, and claims that warfare is no longer a strictly military operation and that the battlefield no longer has boundaries. The broad and far-reaching theft of technological and intellectual property from rivals for reappropriation and reverse engineering for their own military use exemplifies this contemporary offensive cyber doctrine. Operation Aurora, where Chinese cyber agents allegedly hacked many of the top 100 fortune companies such as Google, Adobe and Juniper Networks, is a more specific example. A complex malware was used to steal core intellectual property and repurpose it for Chinese use. This kind of intense, relentless espionage that would usually be reserved for wartime is the standard under an unrestricted cyber warfare. What is unique about Chinese doctrine is leveraging cyber as part of a holistic attempt to exert state power using political, economic and cyber in tandem over long periods of time to achieve CCP objectives. Western contemporaries such as General Charles Dunlap Jr. have stated China is using the cyber domain to create a form of legal warfare. Thus, rivals to Chinese interests must expect sustained, preemptive cyber campaigns to reframe normative, 
legal and military issues in ways that paint them as dangerous and China as favourable. Looking to the future, we can expect to see the PLA slash CCP push for development of technologies and capabilities that further support the Sinxi Zijian and unrestricted warfare approach. The very nature of an oppressive authoritarian communist regime means that strict information control, especially in cyber, is vital to its continued survival and thus defending Chinese cyber sovereignty will be the fulcrum of future cyber policy. Unfortunately, we've not discussed China's battlefield cyber effect capability and that is because Unlike Russia, there have not been any major conflicts for China to display, and thus it remains shrouded in mystery. However, if comments from high-ranking PLA officials such as Major General Zhang Zemin of the PLA's Academy of Military Science are anything to go by, developing a tactical cyber capability that matches and surpasses the US is a priority for China moving into the future. Technologies State policies provide a lens into how state actors will shape the future, but equally important are the technologies they may use to enact these policies. Thus, we will review a few of the key emerging technologies that will shape the future of cyberspace. Quantum computing on 23 October 2019, Google announced they'd performed a successful quantum computation, a calculation that would have taken a current generation computer 10,000 years, was completed in a mere 200 seconds. While performed on an unreliable test machine, quantum computing has still been moved from theory to proof of concept, and there is no doubt that soon, Quantum supremacy will be achieved, i.e. where one party is the sole possessor of quantum computing technology. The applications of quantum computing for cyber warfare are limitless. With quantum processing power, the security of modern cryptography would be in doubt. With quantum processing power, the security of modern cryptography would be in doubt, with modern algorithms such as Rivas Shamir Alderman, Elliptic Curve Digital Signature Algorithm, Digital Signature Algorithm, and Digital Signature Algorithm no longer being secure, and others such as AES 256 and SHA 256 being weakened. This decryption capability would yield enormous intelligence advantages. In fact, it is for this reason that many nations are stockpiling data that, while they cannot decrypt presently, they could with quantum computing. In any future cyber war, a side with a favourable quantum mismatch would be able to brute force its way through almost any non-quantum defence, hacking into computer systems, taking control of weapons platforms, or disrupting and damaging critical infrastructure. China and the US have both invested heavily in the quantum race as a result. 
CPP Chairman Xi Jinping emphasized the importance of quantum technologies to national security, designating quantum communications and computing as a prioritized mega-project in 2017. The U.S. has also invested in quantum information science by offering vast multi-year grants to various private corporations through the Intelligence Advance Research Projects Agency. Quantum safe security methods and algorithms are also under development, but all remain theoretical. Whoever achieves quantum supremacy first will have an advantage the likes of which has never been seen in cyberspace. Artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence, or AI, is defined as the intelligence displayed by software that allows for autonomous computer solutions capable of adapting to context through self-management, self-diagnosis, and self-tuning to adjust to unpredicted stimuli in order to achieve a programmed goal. Such software offers a staggering array of opportunities for increased efficiency and effectiveness on both virtual and kinetic battlefields. Daily data generation already far exceeds the capability of humans to investigate, sift through and understand. Primitive AI through the form of complex algorithms, handle much of this workload already, whether sifting through Facebook comments for inappropriate material or analysing military intelligence. As with quantum computing, the first to achieve new benchmarks in AI will have a brute force advantage, allowing them to analyse more data, granting them significant strategic and tactical advantages in the decision-making processes. Advanced AI could also automate the information psychological component of information operations, allowing for an attrition war of data, overwhelming a defender's ability to sort fact from fiction. Advanced AI could also develop malware and hacking methodologies that humans are incapable of, while blanket defending against all enemy threats, creating a serious power mismatch in virtual battles between the haves and the have-nots. On the kinetic battlefield, AI-controlled autonomous weapon platforms are being researched by all great military powers. The weakness of many contemporary unmanned platforms is the uplink to the human decision-maker. Removing this would greatly enhance resilience to enemy cyber interference and extend their operational capabilities, all while performing better than under human control. The AI-controlled autonomous loyal wingman drone operated by the Royal Australian Air Force, which takes the place of fighter planes in dangerous situations, is an early example of this kind of capability. However, human decision-making will likely never be fully removed due to the ethics, morality and legality of using lethal force. The US has stated that nuclear weapons will never be placed in the hands of autonomous AI. Even without complete control, however, 
AI will likely be providing the decision-altering intelligence to future human commanders, and given that the infallibility and incorruptibility of such theoretical AI has yet to be proven, this is a growing concern. Cloud computing. Cloud computing is certainly not a new phenomenon, but its advance and impact on the digital landscape has been relentless and pervasive. According to the National Institute of Standards and Technology, cloud computing is best defined as a model for enabling ubiquitous, convenient and on-demand network access to a shared pool of configurable computing resources that can be rapidly provisioned and released with minimal management effort or service provider interaction. A broad field, we will focus on one cyber warfare application, the field of information fusion systems, also known as IFS. IFS involves the study of theories and methods of processing and analysing multi-source uncertain information. Essentially, it is how we make sense of a wide range of data from different sources and draw conclusions from it. The vast arrays of intelligence gathering platforms such as satellites, airborne drones, warships, etc., all constitute the eyes and ears of an IFS. The advantages of faster, more accurate, and on demand intelligence gathering are obvious. Advances in cloud computing will allow independent IFS access to more calculation capacity and data than could ever be stored on the individual platforms, resulting in information reaching human commanders exponentially faster. In addition, this virtual decentralization insulates them against any single pinpoint cyber-slash-kinetic attack, rendering them highly resilient. The data they observe would also be imminently saved to multiple locations, preventing its loss or destruction. Conclusion Looking into the crystal ball to determine the future is always a risky business. The very nature of disruptive and innovative technologies is the suddenness and unpredictability of their arrival. Nevertheless, the fact that the importance of cyber in state-on-state -state conflict will only grow is a certainty. While we have only looked here at the cyber policies of three major players, additional perspectives should be investigated. North Korea's Supreme Leader Kim Jong-un majored in computer science and has dedicated significant time and resources to the promotion of the hermit state's cyber capability. Israel, while often aligned with US doctrine, has been increasingly adopting its own unique perspectives on achieving future cyber power. The asymmetric and generally resource-light nature of offensive cyber operations, such as Distributed Denial of Service, or DDoS, makes it attractive for traditionally weaker powers, and given the growth and connectivity of worldwide networks, virtual conflict will likely become a crowded market space. With this growing level of connectivity and an entire generation now having been raised from birth with social media, 
information warfare will only become more relevant. Western democracies such as the US, which inherently rely on the free flow of accurate information to allow an informed voting populace, will need to develop and enact counter-strategies. Further consideration should also be given to the difficulty in attributing cyberspace operations to a guilty party and the ways in which certain nations have been able to and will continue to leverage this through third parties. Given the aggressive way in which advanced cyber powers such as Iran, Israel, the United States, China, Russia and North Korea are using covert cyber capabilities, the above seems increasingly likely. Study into the apparent reluctance to adopt open positions on what is lawful in cyberspace in order to maintain the ability to perform cyber operations would also be interesting and beneficial. While quantum computing, artificial intelligence and cloud computing are revolutionary technologies for cyber conflict, they're not the only upcoming innovations. Everything we own, from cars to toasters, is becoming connected to the World Wide Web, a phenomenon labelled the Internet of Things. While this has provided unparalleled convenience, the cyber war applications are legion, such as using smartphones to gather information or forcing control of autonomous machines. Another interesting line of thought is that many of these revolutionary technologies could be made by private corporations, beholden to no one, granting them cyber superiority over even the greatest military powers of the world. The further we investigate into the future, the less accurate our predictions will become. Who could have predicted COVID-19 and the way the pandemic is reshaping world economic and digital footprints today. The only thing we can say for certain is that cyberspace is here to stay and whoever can control it through the myriad forms of digital conflict will shape the future to their vision. Please refer to the print version for all the author's references. Thanks for listening to this audio article by The Cove. And remember, a smarter you is a smarter army.